0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the eighth chapter of Yoma, the chapter that describes the Yom Kippur pretty much as we know it. And we began with the description of the various afflictions, the various restrictions that we um, that the, the the Torah puts in place, eating, drinking, sex, anointing, whether wearing leather shoes, there's probably one more. And we learned that the one that the Mishnah seems to be most interested in is actually eating and drinking. And we also learned that there's something about eating and drinking, which means that if we carry it on for too long, We actually, we die. That's essentially the reasoning that we learned in the Gemara yesterday. Eating and refraining from eating and drinking somehow brings us closer to death. And we'll see today as we go through the eighth chapter that these questions of life and death are very much alive in the remainder of the Mishnah. So we begin with children. We don't afflict children. We don't make children fast on Yom Kippur. But But we, we sort of get them used to this idea one or two years before their bar mitzvah. So they become accustomed to the commandments. So children are not obligated. What about other exceptions? So, ubra, ubara, shehericha. What about a pregnant woman who smells something? And the context here clearly is smelling food. And of course, any of us who've been pregnant or been around a pregnant woman knows that smelling becomes enormously. Enormously important, there are extraordinary either desires or repulsions from the sense of smell during pregnancy. And the Mishnah seems to be responding at this point to the psychological needs of the pregnant woman rather than her physical needs because it just says, We feed her until her spirit returns. There's no suggestion she's ill, but. If someone is ill, if someone is sick, then we feed them on the word of experts. If there are no experts available, then we feed him according to his own word. Ad shiomar until he says that's enough. Now, what is this stuff that the pregnant woman has smelt? Uh, and the Rambam brings uh, an idea that I couldn't find in the Gemara, but it was taught to me when I originally learned the Mishnah. The, 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 the Rambam says, This is not just ordinary kind of food that a woman is smelling on Yom Kippur. This is holy food this is the the the, the basically um this is sac- the sack the this is she's smelling the sacrifices the roast sacrifices she's smelling food that only a kohen is allowed to eat or maybe she's smelling forbidden food basar khazir pigs meat so she's fee- feeding she's smelling stuff that is absolutely forbidden and the Rambam expre- explains ah her sort of nature is aroused, vetit she really wants to eat. And then the Rambam continues, ota mimenu ad she'it yashev We feed her from the forbidden food until her spirit returns. And, in the um, Gemara, by the way, there's a suggestion that we hold off for a little bit. We whisper into her ear, oh, it's it's Yom Kippur today. And maybe at that point, that will be sufficient to calm her down. But the Gemara agrees, by the way, if that's not sufficient to calm her down, we feed her. And the Mishnah is teaching us really <laughs> that, that um, well, gosh, that that sickness, even if it's psychological sickness, takes precedence over many other things. And the um, the Talmud, the, the Jerusalem Talmud here comments with respect to the sick person. If the sick person says, If the person says, I can manage on Yom Kippur, but the physician says he can't, we listen to the physician. If the physician says he can, but the sick person says he cannot, we listen to the sick person. So why do we need this Mishnah? So we don't need this teaching. We only need this Mishnah if the sick person says I can and the physician says, I don't know what to do. And then Rabbi Abahu Rabbi Rabbi says in the name Rabbi Yochanan, Nas se nefashot. It's like an uncertainty of danger to life. nefashot et Any danger to life, even if it's a possible danger to life, pushes the Shabbat aside, and therefore it pushes Yom Kippur aside as well. So along the same lines, Misha Achazor vulmus, someone who sees by a bulmus. We don't really know what a bulmus is, but it seems to be a Greek word, and it it um the root. I mean, it reminds us of the word bulimia. It's clearly some eating disorder, and it it's some eating disorder that makes him want to eat and eat a lot very fast. Somehow it it makes him absolutely ravenous. That's the sense of it. Mish bulmus, someone is seized by a bulmus. to a field enav. we feed him even unclean things until his eyes light up. Someone Shote is bitten by a mad dog. By the way, at this point we have drifted away, haven't we? from Yom Kippur, the question of being bitten by a mad dog or perhaps even being seized by a moose. These are things that can happen outside Yom Kippur. So the Mishnah here seems to be talking general halakha about saving life rather than halakha specific to Yom Kippur. Mishnah shechor kelev someone was bitten by a bad dog. Ein we don't feed him the lobe of its liver, and that seems to be because the rabbis don't believe it's effective. So if it were effective, clearly we'd feed it to him. But if the rabbis don't think it's effective, then they won't permit it. And there's another opinion: Rabbi Matiah ben Harash permits it. Clearly, he has a different medical view. The Rabbi Matiah ben Harash and Rabbi Ben Rabbi ben Harash taught another teaching someone who's worried about his throat someone who's got a pain in his throat this is a sore throat and nowadays we think about a sore throat is not very dangerous but but then we have antibiotics you can imagine in a time of the mishnah without any infection control without any antibiotics a sore throat could lead to something very very dangerous And that seems to be what Rabbi Matya ben Charash is saying. We can drop medicine into his mouth on Shabbat. Because it's a danger to life. It may be a danger to life. Any possible danger to life pushes away Shabbat. And again, you, we can see here that we've now moved away from discussion of Yom Kippur to discussion of how we save life on Shabbat. And it, indeed, we've learned the whole masachet of Shabbat. These halachot to do with danger to life or, or possibility of death are not taught there. They're not taught in the Mishnah of Shabbat at all. They are taught here in the Mishnah of Yom Kippur as if, When the rabbis are teaching the halacha of Yom Kippur, somehow in the back of their minds, they have something, they have in the back of their minds something to do with life and death. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.